with your warm beverage and or alcohol today? I have a mixture of mead and hard cider, which I'm wow. drinking from my commemorative fruits basket cup I got at the uh, theater showing. Aren't you fancy? Yeah. I'm just drinking tea out of an owl mug. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> great, but it's not as great as that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's a name for that drink. I've had it at Ren Fairs before. <laughs> mead mixed with apple cider. So it's yeah. just like dr- drinkable mead. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, mead is drinkable, <laughs> but this is less drinkable because I opened it for New Year's Eve. So oh, no. Two days old. <laughs> like flat <laughs> but if you mix it with that hard cider oh i see what you're saying so you open the mead and yeah. then you mix it with hard cider yeah okay. i open the mead instead of like champagne or something for new year's eve yes yes and i sealed it so it's not awful but yes. it's you know it's a couple days old wine so <laughs> yeah it goes a little eh. yes but mixed with the saying. hard cider becomes good again <laughs> <laughs> what was old is new again yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to waste it. (laughs) That would be a travesty, really. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) if I... (laughs) Don't cut that out. You're listening to Let's Stay Together, podcast about Fruits Basket by Natsuki Takaya, in case you couldn't tell. (laughs) I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. Hey, there's Uh, there's a lot of fruit in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like honey and apples. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, today... (laughs) First of all, Happy New Year. It's been a long time since... Woo. Happy New Decade. Yeah, I know. It's 2020. It's the year of perfect vision, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the year of the rat, most importantly. Yeah, which is suitable for this chapter. So it is. <laughs> so it is. <laughs> it's almost like we planned it that way. Almost, except I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely didn't. Oh, hi. <laughs> it's not the year of the verb. Shut up. It's definitely not the year of the verb. <laughs> we... I feel like today we might be guest starring Bowie a lot. He's been making a lot of noise. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to Let's Stay Together. I hope you all enjoyed your holiday, various holiday breaks. Mm-hmm. Now we'll get back in the swing of things and we're going to discuss chapter 73 today. Easing back into it. Yeah, ease back into it. Just one. And the next time we're going to talk about 74 and 75. So we'll get back in our, our two, our groups of twos. Uh, we're going to do our summary discussion and the spoiler discussion like we always do. I don't have any other announcements. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> so we talked we already talked about too much about our personal lives and greeted everyone and then ranted. <laughs> now we're ready to start, right? <laughs> Sounds right. Yep. All right. So in this chapter 73, we have this um, running narration the whole time, like throughout the chapter. That's Yuki's narration. And it begins with, how do I say this? It seems like the entire student council is a collection of problem children. <laughs> <laughs> at school Kimi annoys the Prince Yuki fan club by telling them how much she enjoyed their souvenir sharing their souvenir candy that they gave Yuki a few chapters ago I wrote a few chapters ago and then I ended up double checking for something else and it was like 10 chapters ago it was chapter 60 <laughs> that they got back from the beach <laughs> it seems beach. like only yesterday <laughs> but it's been so long it turns out <laughs> Yuki's narration says the, sec- the second year secretary Kimi Toto seems to be deliberately spreading discord uh, at the student council room, someone has changed the sign on the door to read School Defense Force and now complains loudly about how blatantly stupid it is. <laughs> in our notes, you'll see that I have included a photo of the Japanese version. So, like, in the in the English version, it just looks like the same, like, print as it normally says. It just looks like it's typed. But the funny thing about the Japanese version I noticed is that it looks like it's, like, handwritten. Like, he purposely <laughs> made this, like, beautiful, like... Well, it's kind of, like, slanted in the thing. This, mm-hmm. like, um... 
calligraphy looking sign instead of like a printed sign and it was hilarious to me i just wanted everyone to know that that's what kakiru's sign looks like <laughs> you put a lot of effort into it <laughs> it looks like it look at it you can see it <laughs> maybe i'll post it on the on the thing later on tumblr later but it's it was amusing to me when i saw it <laughs> the first year secretary now hito sakuragi is always on edge that yuki's narration says now sasses everyone for how messy the, the student council room is i just cleaned it up my head hurts you too, Kuraki, he says. Don't toss your things all over the place and walk off. Machi doesn't say anything. In the narration, in the narration, Yuki thinks. The first-year treasurer, Machi Kuraki, is always looking down, and hardly says a word to anyone, but... Outside of school, Yuki admires the gardening club's plants and lets them know that they should tell the student council if they ever need anything. It'll be a pleasure working with you, he says. No, no, the pleasure is ours, one of the girls in the club says. But, um, President, could you do something about him? She asks, and the group turns to see Kakeru asleep on a pile of cushions, snoring loudly. <laughs> At first I thought this was like bags of dirt, which I thought was even funnier, and then I realized they're like the cushions that you use for gardening, which is still funny, <laughs> but not as funny as I originally thought. <laughs> Yuki's narration continues, but the second year vice president, Kakeru Manabe, his problem, I think, is obvious. <laughs> Kakeru stretches and he whinges as they walk away about going to all visit all the clubs and introducing themselves. He says it's tacky and boring. And he asks why the clubs can't come introduce themselves to them. And Yuki sternly replies back that there are things that they won't learn about the clubs unless they meet with them directly and see where they work. What's the point of the student council if not to help our classmates, Yuki asks. We do help them, Kakiru says. We're the school defense force that fights against evil, you know? And Yuki's like, look you, would you stop saying that with a straight face? It makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> A group of people playing soccer calls out to Kakiru and try to convince him to join, and Yuki has an internal moment. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. <laughs> That's a lot of those. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I can't deny that. It's true. But it's the only way I could describe it in transition to this. He acts a lot like Nissan, Yuki thinks. To be honest, it's exhausting working with him. But also, to some degree, he has the same effect on people. He thinks of Kyo, and he thinks people naturally flock to him. Yuki, upset, continues to think, it's like he's giving off a light that I don't have. It's so bright, I feel like I'll be extinguished. He closes his eyes and thinks, no, I can't run away now. I can't give in to the voice of my other self that whispers in my ear. So we transition to later at home. Yuki sits on the porch, deep in thought, and Toru interrupts his thoughts, offering him some cut pears, which is very sweet. He smiles at her and tells her about the garden and comes flowers. And then we transition to the next day at school, or several days later, or whatever, at school. Kakiru complains that the sign that he made is gone, and now says that he threw it out, and Kakiru's like, oh, so it was Chibisuke, divine punishment! And then he karate chops now on the head. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Kimi and Machi return with a brand new whiteboard that Kimi proudly proclaims she sweet-talked one of the teachers into giving them, and there's a chibi panel of them talking to the teacher, and Machi has her like kind of classic, like, karai stare, and Kimi's dialogue is punctuated with hearts, as usual. Kakiru, who's still nugging now, is like, doesn't our new whiteboard want to make you have a meeting? Actually, there is something I want to discuss, he says. And he writes out, School Defense Force member color assignments on the whiteboard. <laughs> Good grief, Yuki thinks. This guy's even more hopeless than I thought. Kakiru says, if there's any color you want, go ahead and shout it out. And now, of course, complains loudly that he doesn't want to be involved in Kakiru's shenanigans. And Machi sits down without saying anything. Kimi says that Yuki has to be red because he's a leader and Kakiru agrees. I get dibs on black. It's cool and stealthy like me, Kakiru says. <laughs> when the members are in danger, I'll make my entrance from a treetop. I look striking against sunset or leaves. <laughs> Kakiru brings up pink and Kimi demands to be pink. Yuki says, Toto-san, you don't need to get so worked up about it. And Kimi drops to the floor on her knees and yells, Yuni won't call me by my name. He won't call me Kimi, even though we ate candy together. And Yuki <laughs> panics and is like, okay, okay, calm down, Kimi. <laughs> Yuki turns to Machi at the table and is like, maybe you should say something. 
What color do you like, Kuragi-san? Machi looks up at him, mouth slightly agape, eyes wide, almost like scared looking, and doesn't speak, or isn't able to, before Kakeru cuts him off and says Yuki should call her by her first name too. Yuki's like, she didn't say that. Kimi's like, well then you have to ask like Kimi. And Machi starts to get down on her knees too, and Yuki's like, no, 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 you really don't have to. <laughs> Kimi whines again about wanting to be pink, and Machi says, it says Machi is fine with yellow anyway, right? See, she's completely fine with it, Kimi says, grabbing Machi's head and nodding it for her. <laughs> Yuki thinks he needs to calm everyone down, and suddenly Kakeru hits the board with his fist. What's with you all getting so worked up over deciding colors, he says. I mean, don't you think the fact that we're discussing colors at all is completely stupid? And a ghosty silence panel shows the reaction from the group. <laughs> a following panel shows Yuki changing his color to muddy something as Kakeru grabs him and whine apologize. <laughs> I think it's muddy swamp. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Yeah. I was like, muddy swa? I don't know what that means. <laughs> Now cries and thinks, our brand new whiteboard's being buried with moronic words. <laughs> <laughs> After their quote-unquote meeting the kids part, he looks at the board where his name is written. Leader, Union, second in command, me. And red, Union, outlined in a kind of like a star shape. Yuki walks outside and he sees Toru looking at the gardening club's plants and he stops and talks to her and Kakeru takes notice. Another afternoon, after school, Yuki carries some of the gardening club's plants. He runs into Kakeru in the hallway Kakeru asks about Toru. He tells Yuki that she's secretly famous because he's friends with she's friends with Yuki. And Kakeru asks if Yuki likes her, and Yuki's like, why? Kakeru says that if Yuki did, he thought it might be a painful love. Because, you know, he says, the orange guy, Kyo, Yuki's cousin, he kind of looks like he could be her boyfriend. Yeah, Yuki says. And Kakeru's like, am I right? It's true. That Kyo guy seems kind of, you know, happier than you, I mean. Yuki stops in the hallway, and Kakeru looks back over her shoulder at him. Then you're saying I'm unhappy, Yuki says. Do you enjoy that, saying people are happy or unhappy? Do you like putting people on your scales and measuring them by your concept of happiness? Do you enjoy being able to decide? Does that make you happy? Yuki shouts. Kakeru or Yuki think, I can't tell. There's like this little transition between them talking. I think it's Yuki, maybe. It says it doesn't make me happy, judging myself by others' idea of happiness. Kakeru's eyes widen, and he remembers a girl covering her face and saying, having one like that, it doesn't make me happy. Kakeru kicks the tray of plants out from under Yuki's arm like an asshole, and they start to argue, and they end up grabbing each other by the collars. Oh, Kayla, this is the moment. Are you are you willing to be, be Kakeru in this argument? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if my voice acting skills will be up to par with yours, but... Uh... <laughs> well, I'm flattered, first of all, but <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> so I've, I've handily typed up the dialogue for you, if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I have to start. <laughs> yes, you do. Sorry. <laughs> should have been more clear. <laughs> <clears throat> You're really pissing me off losing it like that. What's your problem, man? Is your head boiling? Who's losing it? There's no reason for you to take it out on that girl's plants. I haven't lost it. I'm pissed about having to take your high and mighty lecture. Isn't that what losing it is? Shut up. What are you, my mother? Your mother? Don't say disgusting things like that. I'm the one who's disgusted by what a prude you are. I bet you'd even know what that means, ignoramus. Yeah, well, better than a prick who acts like he knows everything. You're right. I am that kind of person. But just now, I was lecturing myself. So sorry. Thank you. It was great. <laughs> It was great. He did a good job. <laughs> Kakeru looks surprised, and Yuki's inner monologue continues. As soon as I compare myself to others, I start giving in to my feelings of inferiority. We see Yuki's thoughts from earlier, uh, when he was thinking about Kakeru. I feel as if I'm going to be extinguished. Maybe the one who's really suited to be president isn't me. Maybe it's him. 
That's the inner voice that whispers in my ear. As soon as things get tough, I want to give in to that voice, Yuki thinks. He huffs, and he lets go of Kakuru's collar and says, you're right, I'm the one who lost it. I'm sorry. Kakuru watches as Yuki picks up the plants. Yuki thinks, the biggest problem child is me. For me, the evil part of myself, the enemy that I should be fighting, is always inside myself. We see Yuki eyes wide, hand clutching his chest, looking sort of distraught, and Kakuru crouches beside him and breaks Yuki out of his thoughts. Hey, Kakuru says, not looking at Yuki. Where should I stand so I can see the same thing? If I could make myself see from their viewpoint, maybe I could understand other people's feelings before I hurt them. You surprised me, Kakuru says, and Yuki looks at him, but he still doesn't look back at Yuki. Because you said the same things that person says. I was taken off guard, so I got pissed. But you're lucky. You're lucky, Yuki. You understand. He says, crossing his arms on his knees and resting his head, still looking away from Yuki. Kakuru says he never learns, and the poor kid whose plants Yuki was carrying finds them in the hallway and starts to get upset into the background. Kakuru says that it's fine, that he'll replant them. Yuki wonders how he's lucky, and who the other person is that Kakuru talked about. The way he mumbled it, Yuki thinks, without any pretense, sort of made me want to cry. It took everything I had to hold back the tears, but then I knew that even if we fight, there'll always be something we understand about each other. On the next page, Kakuru apologizes to Kyo with a bow. I've repented. Next time, I will not say such uncalled-for things. <laughs> Kyo is like, who are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> Kakuru's like, well, later. And Kyo is like, hey, I said, who are you? And his friend, who's nearby, sasses him and says that he should know who the student council is. <laughs> the last panel of the page is Yuki and Kakuru walking forward together, and Yuki's thoughts. Being around him might not be such a bad thing after all. Or at least I'm starting to think that. That's the end of chapter 73. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Kayla, we've never had a screaming match before. <laughs> <laughs> that was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like a catharsis? <laughs> that was a good time. <laughs> this is a good little chapter. Mm-hmm. I was. I think there's a lot. There's a lot of meat in it yeah. <laughs> that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could scream some more instead. <laughs> can be like swearing Toru again. That was fun. That was one of my favorite voice acting things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's a Yuki chapter and it's a student council chapter. Mm-hmm. Were you pleased? I was pleased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is it. Yeah, this is one of my favorite like kind of one-off chapters actually. Whenever I, it's one I kind of sometimes just go back to read. I'm like, oh, I want that mm. one part when they like the student council is first starting to get to know each other. <laughs> You specifically mentioned something that I noticed earlier in this chapter, which is that in Yuki and Kakuru's fight, Yuki's like, I was yelling at myself. And I remember mm-hmm. when we talked about that a long time ago, like at the lake house, probably, when yeah. Kyo and Yuki argued with each other. Yeah, because it's a thing they do a lot where they kind of they pick on the flaws that they kind of see in themselves mm-hmm. in, the, in each other. And so I made a note in my notes that says Kakuru's the new Kyo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, like, he, when Yuki has this argument with him, he, of course, he thinks about Kyo, and he's like, he notices that Kakuru, I guess, has the same quality that he thinks that he doesn't have, that he thinks mm-hmm. that Kyo has, which is that people are naturally drawn to him, which isn't true. I mean, obviously, people are naturally drawn to Yuki, too. Yeah. He just doesn't see that himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of neat that, like, he, like, deliberately notices that Kakuru has, like, traits of Yuki and Ayame. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about, like, in the past, especially with Kyo, that, you know, it's been a thing in the series where it's like they would get along if they didn't have all this baggage. Mm. And so, like, here with someone with some similar traits who he doesn't have all that family baggage with, he starts becoming friends with that person. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I even liked how he said, we also talked about a long time ago um, that it seemed like something that, that Takaya was trying to convey with the fighting was like, not just that they fight all the time, but that you can, like fighting is something that can happen and you can still understand each other. It's not mm-hmm. like, in like um, what's the word? impossible for you to fight and get along mm-hmm. yeah it's something that happens in relationships between human beings <laughs> mm-hmm. and like literally in this chapter he says yuki's like last words are like well i know that even if we fight we'll always have um we'll always have something we understand about each other or something mm-hmm. which was nice to see too yeah and their fight is interesting because it's clear it's like not really about each other yeah for like, sure <laughs> you like it's straight you get like straight up what's what yuki's deal is from this part of the fight but you can also tell that it's something something else with kakiru too even though you don't know exactly what it is yeah and he has this moment this point. after <laughs> he did say when they fought bef- or like they didn't fight but remember when he teased yuki in the hallway before before the beach or whatever yeah before the beach before they left for the beach Yuki went to meet all the student council, and mm-hmm. Kakiru said that he was, like, girly or whatever. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, yeah. But he said something similar, I think, where... I, I thought he kind of mentioned the same idea of being, like, I don't understand. People always get mad at me. Like, I, I annoy people by going mm-hmm. too far. And he said the same thing again when mm-hmm. he, and he were picking up the plants, right? Yeah. Yeah, he said something like, <clears throat> he was like, like, sorry if I, like, ticked you off i'm dumb and say stuff like that sometimes yeah. <laughs> like yeah yeah he said it in a more serious way this time which was like yeah how do mm-hmm. i be more like the way that you are you're lucky that you understand other people yeah so it's i don't know it's not exactly clear how the fight is related what it is that yuki said that kind of like ticked him yeah, off like, in the first yeah. place it's not clear exactly what it was but it was mm-hmm. like does that make you happy yuki's like does being able to judge people make you happy or whatever basically mm-hmm. um and then Kakiru yeah. has that memory, and then they start to fight. So mm-hmm. it's something related to that. Yeah, yeah. It's like they both like they both hit a sore point without knowing it, but mm-hmm. it's you, we know what the sore point is with Yuki, but we don't quite know what it is with Kakiru yet. Yeah, not exactly. It's mm-hmm. something to do with that, but not exactly yeah. what the not exactly sure what the whatever it was that triggered this with Yuki. Whatever yeah. Yuki said was whatever existed before this argument with Yuki. It's not clear what that is. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. I never realized how alike. Yuki, I mean not Yuki, uh, Kahiru and Kyo are. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I haven't reread this chapter probably not if you have, and so it's it's interesting the way that it's the same thing that's happening here. They're like you said, they're not fighting with each other; they're just fighting. But it's about how they feel, something that they feel inadequate about. Like it's yeah. not about the other person. Mm-hmm. I think this is, uh, you know, it's like good for Yuki. He's like admitting it now, where he's like, I was yelling yeah. at myself just now. Yeah. <laughs> He knows now. <laughs> it seemed like he was nervous when Kakiru was asking him about Toru. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting too. That whole part. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. So mm-hmm. I guess what happened to summarize is um, in case people were blown away by our amazing argument <laughs> and forgot <laughs> everything that happened, but <laughs> Kakiru, Kakiru saw Yuki with Toru and then asked about her later. And that was the like precipitating thing that started this fight. Mm-hmm. so I don't know that was kind of interesting he took there was like a significant scene where he took notice of her talking to him and then asked about her mm-hmm. so I wonder what the deal is with that it's not revealed yeah. in this chapter yeah but I think it's interesting Yuki's reaction to like when he's asking like he's saying like Kyo looks like he could be your boyfriend and he just kind of says yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it was kind of interesting it was he was just kind of like like he admitted it and Kakiru's like oh so I was right like yeah. <laughs> 
It's like, not exactly, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, I mean, Yuki kind of admits that he sees the same thing, I guess, mm-hmm. in, in his Yuki way of admitting it. Yeah. And, of course, Kakiru's comment that y- Kyo seems, like, happier than Yuki is, of course, touching on his kind of feelings of being inadequate or, like... I feel like he earlier... Did Yuki say anything about... I feel like he did kind of say stuff about not being as good of a match for Toru as Kyo is. I forget exactly what he said, though. He doesn't say it in those words, mm-hmm. but he's kind of envious of the relationship that they have, I think, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were starting to see that in the... In the beach. Beach. In the beach arc, yeah. <laughs> beach. <laughs> it's, I guess, it's not, it's not exactly, not as clear as the way that I said it, but I think it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you, like, yeah, but, like, we seen, like, I remember there was the scene of him, like, watching them... Yeah. Inside after, like, they were, like, like Tor was tucking in the kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we did have that. Mm-hmm. So we've had scenes of him kind of, like, noticing this and feeling not great about it, but... Yeah. <laughs> this is the, more, the most, like, kind of outward acknowledgement we've seen. <laughs> well, he didn't even acknowledge it. Kakuya said it. Yeah. But, I mean, he did acknowledge that it seems like they're closer than he, he is to Toro or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort at of least in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in that way, yes. Mm-hmm. They had a nice... Yuki and... and uh, Toru had some nice moments in this chapter though mm-hmm. too where yeah they have some cute interactions like he's sitting on the porch and he, she brings him she ta- chats goes to chat with him and and then they go and chat by the flowers later mm-hmm. I guess it's all kind of set up for this fight but yeah. it was nice to see them yeah it's cute just I like seeing like just kind of like background relationships continuing to be you know important relationships even when they're not the focus of a chapter mm-hmm. yeah it is nice it's nice to just see like a little thing Sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like, especially now that we get into these chapters where there's a lot of stuff going on, the pace is sometimes really fast where you're like, and then they're here, and then they're here. And mm-hmm. it it's nice. I feel like the way that, that scene, those scenes are kind of inserted is nice. It fits into the overall flow of the chapter without distracting too much. But then you get yeah. to see those little moments, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It's like the symbolism of the pairs. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else can we talk about? We need to talk uh, about the scene, the colors. The yeah, whole... I was going to say, should we go lighter and talk about the <laughs> the comedy scene of the Yes. <laughs> yeah, let's go there. <laughs> I love how, like, everyone except Kaku is starting off being like, this is stupid, but then they all get, like, really pulled into it. <laughs> yeah, even Yuki. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, I was like expecting. That, yeah. Like, I love now, like, right away, like, with a page flip, he's like, don't make me participate in this. And then he's like, now it's yellow. And he's like, don't just decide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So good. <laughs> I wonder what color they end up picking for now, because then they later they picked yellow for Machis. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love how Yuki like ends the argument by changing Kakuru's color. Yes, <laughs> he knows how to to like hurt him the most. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I loved Kakuru's like I'm the cool one who like there's like a I didn't mention it in the summary, but there's like a little scene of him like. When he's like, I'll be the cool one that, like, when all the members are in trouble, I'll jump in and and, and save them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, black is cool like me and it stands out against the sunset. There's a photo of, or, like, a the illustration is of him, like, in a tree, like, kind of the wind fluttering his jacket. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. Yeah, he's got, like, a, like a varsity jacket and a yes. scarf that are blowing in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a true 90s outfit, yeah. question mark. <laughs> It's very 90s cool. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Varsity is the coolest of the cool, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that that's his image of himself, which is really Mm -hmm. great. 
Although so far we've seen him actually, I think it's kind of funny that it's, I think it's true because every time like Yuki is kind of stumbling, Kakuyo is comes in with something to like, uh, like, um, bring the situation up. Like when Yuki gave his like really Debbie Downer speech <laughs> at the beginning of the, uh, like when they came back from the beach, it's like, um, I need you all to help me and whatever. I don't feel confident being president. Yeah. Kakuyo was like, <laughs> sure, no problem. Like he kind mm-hmm. of jumped in and made it not awkward for Yuki. So yeah. I kind of think it's true. <laughs> he's cool, just in a dorky way. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, he's a huge dork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like us, right? I mean, yes. We're the coolest and the dorkiest. So, so cool. <laughs> so dorky. I can get behind 50% of that description. <laughs> and then the, I liked the way that they, or I thought it was funny the way that um, Kimi, <laughs> Kimi force it, like, makes insists that Machi asks to be called by her first name and then also has her, like, nod, fake nod. Yeah. And also drags her to go ask for the um, whiteboard and stuff. Like, Kimi's always yeah. dragging her around, which is kind of funny. Yeah. I also like how Machi's about to do it. Like, when he's like, you have to ask, like, yes. Kimi. And she starts to get up. And he's like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Machi's reaction to Yuki. Yuki takes time to be like, oh, you should say what color you want to be. Mm-hmm. And Machi's reaction is really interesting. Yeah. She seems, like, like surprised to be... Like acknowledged, acknowledged, and asked in <laughs> any way, so. spoken to directly in any way, mm-hmm. um, and asked her opinion. And I couldn't tell if she was just surprised or if she was scared. Like she has a kind of interesting expression that's hard to describe. Mm-hmm. And, like her pupils are kind of small, so it looks scared-ish, but, but yeah, not really. De- yeah, definitely taken off guard in some way for sure. And then she isn't able to say anything before everybody else starts. Yeah. To talk again before Kakir starts to talk again. It's kind of nice to see her be more than just in the background moving papers around. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a side note. One of my favorite details in this chapter is after now, like, pitches at her about, like, tossing things all over the place. Mm-hmm. There's a tiny little picture of her in the last panel with now of her just tossing a paper. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, wait. I'm going to look. Right after he grabs the it. <laughs> I like that we got a ghosty panel also. I just saw it. Yeah. Unrelated. <laughs> It's kind of related to what we're talking about. It's like about. right on the page when Yuki's like narrating about her at the beginning. Okay. And he says like, you too, Karagi, don't just toss oh, yeah, things all over the place and walk off. There's just a tiny picture of tossing another paper right afterward. <laughs> I didn't even notice, but that's hilarious. It's, uh, yeah, it's um whatever, one, two, third page of the chapter or something mm-hmm. in the bottom right-hand corner. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's cute. It's very funny. And um. It's it's just interesting to get some focus on her. We get to learn a little bit more about her personality, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Scared, question mark. <laughs> but yeah, we definitely got a, a nice little glimpse of all of the student council members <laughs> in this yeah. chapter. I love Kimmy's just like senseless chaos for the fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sassing all the student, uh, the Prince Yuki fan club. <laughs> it was also yeah. funny. I love how she torments them. It was pretty great. Mm-hmm. I also enjoyed that there were extra hearts in her dialogue again. I was like, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Kimi that I know and love already. <laughs> and we got a cameo from one of Kyo's random friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. We learned over the, when neither of us were recording, when we when we stopped our recording, we learned that their names, someone had posted on Tumblr, their names are on like Wikipedia or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, they have names. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting i believe i said it was a christmas miracle mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i 
Yeah, it was nice. We got a little cameo from one of their friends. And Kyo, I love how people keep apologizing to Kyo. It's the second time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you also pointed that out in the Hana chapter in the spoilers that, that someone would do this again. So Kakuri's yeah. <laughs> done it again. <laughs> or I guess it was, no, it was Hana that apologized to Yuki. Yeah. yeah that's what it was. <laughs> but still, whatever. People randomly apologizing to other people. <laughs> yeah, for saying something completely out of their <laughs> yeah, earshot. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love how Kyo's just like, who the hell are you? Yeah, <laughs> twice. Yeah. He's just like, okay, bye. And then Kyo's like, but wait, who the hell are you? <laughs> His friend's like, you should know what the vice president looks like. Yeah. <laughs> That's also funny. I can totally see Kyo being like, I don't give two shits about the student council. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially if Yuki's on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting in these chapters, on a slightly more serious note, there's a... Uh, this metaphor that I feel like reminded me of something from before where Yuki said I've like he says that Kakeru has a light I feel is so bright that I'll I feel like I'll be extinguished and it kind of reminded me of how the very very beginning of the series like the second chapter or third maybe Toru describes Yuki's kindness as being like a flame from a candle Mm, being like a candle I don't know if that's related on purpose it just reminded me of that yeah it's like you know it flicker it flickers and it's it's delicate but it can be it can be bright, but it can also be like overpowered by other people, yeah. I guess. So it's just kind of interesting to see another a little bit of this a small, small theme, I guess, or something mm-hmm. in the series. And it reminded me of that. I thought it was nice. Yeah. It is kind of similar, like scenario wise, because that was when he was like Yuki's talking about like, oh, he's not actually like the kind prince they think he is. But yeah. he is kind just in a different way than he thinks he should be. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same way where he's talking about how, like, he feels like he'll be, like, extinguished next to someone like Kakeru, but he's a perfectly, you know, friendly and charismatic person, just in yes. a different way than, than Kakeru. he thinks he should be. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. It's also these times where he feels like something is about him is being threatened. So, like, you have mm-hmm. this situation where we joked about how Yuki's garden, the secret base, is, like, his... Or not joked about it. It's his place of, like, refuge. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a metaphor for his his self, I think, at that point in the series. Because, um, you know, it's so his feelings are so deeply buried. And it's kind of... His sense of self is so underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. It takes someone like Toru to come in and say, like, you're... I think that you're like this. And that starts to help kind of build up his self-image, actually. Yeah. Um, and then it's here in this... He's, chapter he's being kind of threatened again by the presence of someone he feels like is stronger than him has a stronger personality than him and that's making him feel vulnerable so it's kind of the same situation in that way too it's interesting yeah, yeah. i don't know just a little small thing that i thought was cool mm-hmm. i don't think i have any other notes i think we talked about every every aspect of this mm-hmm. chapter <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a good little chapter it's uh it's a nice kind of little self-contained one we were talking about how a lot of the plots are kind of rolling into each other nowadays mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice little kind of self-contained, but it does a lot of character work, does a lot of comedy work. It's a good yeah. chapter. Yeah. <laughs> we had a good like little roller coaster ride of laughs mm-hmm. and some uh, deeper feels, so it's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say that's not spoilery. I do yeah. have things to say that are spoilery. <laughs> yeah, there were quite a few things, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this will be a good time. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that fun little <laughs> romp after our winter break. <laughs> I hope everybody had a good a good end of the year. Hope everybody's outlook for twenty twenty is good. Mm-hmm. Have a good year of the rat. Yeah. Have a good year of the rat. Chapter Yuki chapter celebration that was totally <laughs> planned. Don't give in to your inner self that tells you that 
you're inadequate. <laughs> I feel like that's kindness good... is like a candle. Yes, <laughs> I feel like that's a good rest or a good, uh, you know, <laughs> a yeah. good feel for 2020. Yeah, your inner self's a dick. Don't listen to them. <laughs> your inner self is almost always wrong, unless mm-hmm. they're right. <laughs> the inner self that doubts you is wrong. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that. A positive positivity note. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to go to spoilers, but next time we're going to talk about chapter 74 and 75. It's going to be a good mm. time. Woo. Uh, you can always rate and review and subscribe in the podcasting app of your choice. You can send us comments, questions, or whatever on Tumblr, Twitter, and you can email us. At exclamations. Podcast. Yeah, exclamations. Um, <laughs> forecasts. Um, Palm readings. Yeah. Astrology readings. <laughs> Parrot tarot readings, what were those again? (laughs) Way to bring it back. Continuity jokes. (laughs) Uh, You can donate to our Kofi if you like all our bad jokes. That's also good. (laughs) Thanks for logging next time. It's like negative $4. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, how are we losing money on this Kofi? (laughs) Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Never gets old. <laughs> so we're back to talk about spoilers. <laughs> Ooh, spoilers. Yeah. Do you want to start? You said there's a lot, which I think is true. Sure. And the first thing, um, it was touched on briefly in the introductory chapter, but this is the first kind of like full on acknowledgement of Machi's messiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, is... we saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Kaki was just like, clean that shit up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was, Yeah. And now also recognize the same thing, I guess. Yes, which is obviously a you know big part of her. <laughs> it seems to be. It's the only like Back so far issues. <laughs> it's right. It's the only real. We don't have that much information about her at this point mm-hmm. yet. She's like quiet. She freaked out when you asked her something nice, and then yeah, <laughs> um, she's messy. Like that's kind of all we know in mm-hmm. canon about her. I guess or not in canon, but like in um, up to what we've read at so this far. Point, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we get a little, like, more focus on that idea of it being something. Because, like, when, after now tells her not to <laughs> toss her things all over the place, you get, like, a full page of her kind of dot, dot, dotting and looking yes. kind of serious. So Yeah, it's true. <laughs> what do you think the deal is with her reaction to Yuki? Do you think there's anything beyond what we already talked about? Like, um, just that she's being acknowledged and her family basically ignores her? or mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's just, like, yeah, she's not used to being... Like acknowledged and asked her opinions, and especially wasn't expecting that from someone like Yuhi. Yeah. So the Machi thing. That's Machi, I guess. Yeah. That's the first thing I have listed. <laughs> yes. And then uh, obviously the whole thing with uh, Kakiru and Toru. Yes, of course. It was a major point in this yep. chapter. Is not. <laughs> it's still not revealed their backstory. Mm hmm. So. And Komaki's in his memory, too. So yeah, we got a look at Komaki, too. And yeah, that whole uh, that whole backstory there with the two of them, I mean the two of them meaning Toru and Kamaki. Um, yes, with, it, with relation to Kakiru is obviously the whole like kind of grounding point of this of his deal in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we talked about it <laughs> well without spoiling it, where it's yeah. like he asks Yuki about her, and then the same thing, a similar situation happens, 
where he is judgmental about Yuki, where he was judgmental about Toru, and then Yuki says the same thing that, Ka- that Komaki said, and Kakuru feels like he makes the same mistakes over and over again. So mm-hmm. just to spell it out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it was interesting that that's foreshadowed here. I can't... No, it was just their relationship, like, that uh, Kakuru noticed Toru that mm-hmm. one time. He said he was more he was interested in Toru Honda. It was foreshadowed yeah. in the very first time we saw them, I guess. Mm-hmm. So mysterious... Not so yeah. mysterious. Later yeah, it was on. more of a like ominous kind of thing at the time. Yeah. Like, who are these mysterious people and why do they care about Toru? <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, oh, they're just really dorks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now you're, but now you're like, oh, there is something there. <laughs> yeah. So that's, it's good. So that was there. Yeah. And you also get a bit of foreshadowing to like how uh, Yuki and Kakuru's friendship is going to develop and like specifically yeah. where Kakuru is going to consider Yuki like his like empathy teacher, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yuki does have that and Kakuru doesn't so <laughs> yeah because he even like kind of specifically says that like where can I like where do I stand to see things the way you do mm-hmm. so I can stop hurting people by running my mouth off before thinking <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> he's like you like plotting a garden and I like <laughs> plotting to kill <laughs> there's your free reference of the day <laughs> was there anything else that was foreshadowed I don't think so those are the main things. Yeah, I, I mean, the they're big all big ones, things. Like, yeah, they're big things, and they were kind of underlining the whole chapter, which mm-hmm. was kind of interesting. It's interesting. I think it's very skillful foreshadowing in this chapter, because mm-hmm. all things seem to be obvious. It seems to be like... Like, Kakuru has his memory of this person, but it seems like he's just like, that was a thing. Like, it could be something that has nothing to do with Toru, right? Yeah. It, it has... Yeah, because he said... Like, separate. all he says is that, like, he said the same thing that that person said, and it ticked him off. So, mm-hmm. like... You don't really know that that's connected to his mysterious relationship with Toru. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It seems like he... What it seems like it's set up is... It, the way that it's set up is that he comments that Kyo would be a better life boyfriend than Yuki because he's he seems to be happier. And then Yuki gets pissed off. Then something he says pisses Kakuru off. But it's also... What is foreshadowed here is that it's the same kind of similar situation to what happened yeah. with Kamaki. So it's kind of an interesting, it's a, it's a nice, I think it's a very skillful use of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. When yeah. you go back, you can really connect that together. But Yeah, because there's, yeah like, yeah, like we were saying, there's a lot there. And when you know what it is, it's really obvious. But yeah. when you're just reading the chapter, it just works as a nice one-off chapter on its yeah. own. It's kind of like these, um, I remember reading somebody's comments, probably multiple times on Tumblr, that Takaya is really good at subverting, um, kind of like typical tropes so this could be read as something that's like you know Yuki getting annoyed because he's not a, you know a suitable match for Toru but really it's something way beyond that but you don't find that mm-hmm. out until later I feel like a lot of these some of the things that get set up like the same thing that happened earlier with um, Yuki and Kyo being set up as sort of like in a love triangle with Toru um, like at the beach where they both admit that they have feelings for her Mm-hmm. I guess it's still actually going forward here. It hasn't really been said that he thinks of her as someone who ha- he has like familial like uh, love mm-hmm. for. That hasn't been resolved yet in the story as far as we've read. Yeah. But like, I think this is another thing where it's set up as being more of a, like playing into that love triangle rather than being about, being about, uh, about like Kakuru, you know? So it's mm-hmm. a, it's an interesting way of, it's an interesting kind of storyline 
that setup is something that you expect to go in a different way. And then Takaya, at the end, later in the story, we'll find out that that's not what was going on, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Did I say words that make sense? Sometimes I don't know. <laughs> yes, it makes sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes I don't form my thoughts very well and I just start to mm-hmm. talk. It's a good time. but yeah. Words are hard, but it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so it's kind of it's cool. It's an I thought it was a nice. It uh, like I said, like kind of a skillful execution of foreshadowing. You don't know that it's foreshadowing in the way that you think, and then it'll mm-hmm. that'll get subverted later, which is cool. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't know. It was <laughs> again. It was like a nicely composed little chapter. Mm-hmm. There's some good spoilers and good character development, even just a short yeah. little span of pages. So spoilers, I ship it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a spoiler? <laughs> the people know. It's been heavily foreshadowed. So. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's been heavily foreshadowed that you ship them or it's been heavily foreshadowed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That I ship them. <laughs> I mean, In they'd this be a podcast. Good, definitely. They'd be a good ship. <laughs> they all they have their um you know, one one has what the other one doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. I guess that's why people like Kyo Yuki as a ship too, but mm-hmm. I feel like they're they're kind of different. Kakuru Kakuru treats Kyo very differently. I mean, treats Yuki very differently, right? So yeah. I feel like it has more romantic potential. But mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I'm excited to see them animated. I know we get more episodes back. <laughs> I was like, oh, this scene is going to be so good. There was a couple mm-hmm. that we read um, that I was like, I can't wait. Yeah, we're gonna get to hear their voices. For more yeah. than two seconds. Also, like, uh, yeah, I like how Yuki and Kakuru just kind of have like a normal teenage boy fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, as opposed to like all the like intense kung fu fights that you <laughs> Kyo have. You're <laughs> right. Just, like grabbing each other by the collar and yelling at each other. Yeah. There's there there isn't any physical fighting. They just grab each other's shirt collars yeah. and then yell, and then Yuki lets go of Kakuru's. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's no crazy. Um, there's no crazy acrobatics or anything. Nobody yeah. gets. There was no property damage at the school today. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's not usually Yuki's fault. That's usually, like, Kyo and Haru's faults. <laughs> yeah. I think he's he sent Kyo through things once or twice, so... That's true. He kicked him through the wall at the very beginning of the series, I yeah. think, so... So he's, he's indirectly caused a little He uses little Kyo. Yes, he uses Kyo as a, as a prop for, <laughs> for damage. <laughs> All right, good. Well... Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next time for Country 74 and 75. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> we were talking, this is unrelated. We are talking about um, going to Hell's Kitchen. And apparently, like, when you walk in the door in Hell's Kitchen, there's, like, a Gordon Ramsay, like, a screen with Gordon Ramsay, and he just, like, swears at you and, like, yells at you, like, <laughs> a video of him. I'm like, this is bizarre and also hilarious. <laughs> so we could do that if you want. That's what I'm trying to say. People made it would be, like, probably, like, no, no, trust me. This is what the people want. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like... what I, the people come here for. <laughs> they come here to be yelled at. I looked at the Wikipedia page for Hell's Kitchen, and it was, like... Uh, like Gordon Ramsay is like based around Gordon Ramsay's like the show and the concept and Gordon Ramsay's personal brand and I was like oh this is the personal brand element I see <laughs> I think my favorite thing is going still off topic going yes. from like watching Hell's Kitchen to watching like the like MasterChef Junior and stuff with the kids because he's like so nice to the kids he loves kids <laughs> yeah he, like if you watch like his videos he makes a bunch of like YouTube videos now 
like with his kids and he'll be like oh yeah like you do do this thing help me with this thing or one time he tried to get his son to like make whipped cream by hand which was hilarious <laughs> like he was like okay here's a whisk here's the bowl <laughs> his son was like what <laughs> it was really great he's nice to children he's not mm-hmm. nice to incompetent adults yeah and i mean which they're fairly fair. incompetent yeah. so <laughs> yeah was, they mostly deserve it but... yes <laughs> I was like, we can't go to Hell's Kitchen. We'll never get food. We'll be there for like five hours and all our food will be raw. (laughs) It's probably like some waiver you have to sign where it's like, it will be a while. (laughs) I assume that they don't film all the time. Like I assume we can get a normal meal there most of the time. But then if they're filming a season, maybe they kick out the regular chefs or maybe they have separate times for filming or something. I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Be like, no, no, don't ruin the cinema magic. Do you think they still like, are on teams because they've got like the color-coded know. kitchens <laughs> yeah like during off season <laughs> yes they use <laughs> yeah maybe there's still like a secret competition that's happening all the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> like okay red team's cooking tonight <laughs> anyway fruits basket yeah so fruits basket <laughs> our hell's kitchen uh podcast will be starting uh... <laughs> what a great podcast it would be so good we just get to <laughs> complain all the time yeah. be like, act like oh we know God. shit about cooking <laughs> <laughs> but yeah act like we know shit about professional kitchens not just like home cooking yeah. i feel like we could have a podcast about like the great british bake-off or something mm-hmm. okay i don't know i haven't had food network in a long time yeah i haven't so. <laughs> i mostly see it like when i visit my parents and then mm-hmm. sit there watching food network for like four hours yes exactly <laughs> or, like what happened <laughs> We were watching the, I think it was Great British Bake Off was on and they were making, um, oh, one of the people like severely cut their hand. I don't know. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure how he did it. <laughs> did they have a mandolin? <laughs> <laughs> no, because like it's cook, it's cookies. He was making some yeah. kind of like delicious tart. It was like a cake that had some kind of gelatin layer. Also, also all the hmm. British Great British Bake Off desserts are like, they're like, make a, you know, like queen king charles sponge tort and you're like i don't know what that is and everyone's like i've had this ten thousand times you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah every time i watch some kind you of like time picking competition like, king charles sponge tort <laughs> oh yeah it's my favorite <laughs> it's like a sponge cake with like jelly deal on top and like, yeah. a whipped cre- a custard layer <laughs> somehow involves suet yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, we're so funny. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> so every time I watch some kind of timed cooking competition and someone gets out the mandolin, I just like internally cringe. Oh, no. I'm like, someone's going to lose a fingertip. Give them the Kevlar gloves. Yeah. <laughs> you need a mesh glove. And then they spend the rest of the competition with that little like fingertip <laughs> glove. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this guy had a fingertip glove. He had like a whole like huge bandage under a fingertip glove. <laughs> Yeah. Or, like, under a hand glove. I'm such like, a wish. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Bye. I don't need the $10,000. Yeah. I cut my finger. <laughs> I'm going to go home. Go home now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I wouldn't... Then I was watching him, the same person, prepare food later mm-hmm. in the round. And he was just, like, just... You could tell that he was just really kind of sloppy. Like, he was, like, throwing stuff around or just, like, grabbing stuff or not putting yeah. things down properly. And I'm like, this is why you got you cut your finger. Like, you're not paying attention to shit. Yeah. Whereas everybody else was like somewhat was speedy but methodical, you know. Yeah. Anyway. A lot of times I'm watching this, I think I like think of Ratatouille in the the girl chef. She's like, "I'll make uh-huh. it easy for you to remember. Keep your station clear, or I will kill you." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that was another thing that I watched with uh, Disney Plus recently, and it was great. <laughs> yeah. 
It's always better than I remember it, Ratatouille. Yeah. I don't know why. It's, there's something about it that you just kind of forget yeah. over time, and then you watch it, and you're like, oh, it's so charming. Mm-hmm. Rats in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, rats. Let's talk yeah, about Yuki. speaking of rats. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Yuki. Smooth transition. <laughs> yeah, definitely. None of that will get cut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Talking about rats, not burbs. Yeah. It's not your year. 